I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain it to me. I don't no, understand. you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an illegal no. thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor. A teacher. A clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble. And I know it. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Who's who we have tonight? Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Can I eat first? Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. In all of the predator investigations, one of the questions in my mind about the individuals who surface looking to meet a child for sex is how many times have they done this before? Now, as you know, the vast majority of these predators deny ever having done it before. In fact, most of them deny the intention to have sex with a child in the particular situation in which they are caught. Many excuses include, I was just here to help the girl. I was going to babysit her or the boy until the parents got home. I was gonna give them a good talking to, make sure they don't go down this path again. But in the case of one particular predator, one whom I've wanted to talk about on this podcast for a long time now, there is no question, no question, and he makes it very clear even in his chat with the decoy from Perverted Justice posing as a 14-year-old girl, there is no doubt that Thomas Coffin was online looking for girls, young girls, and there is no mistake as to what his intention was. Thomas Coffin's screen name was his real name, and he was roaming around chat rooms in the Fort Myers, Florida area when we did our investigation there. He happened upon a decoy from Perverted Justice posing as a 14-year-old girl whose screen name was Lame as Laney. The name Laney, obviously. Now, the Fort Myers investigation was, was really a standout investigation because of the different characters. I mean, they're all that way, I suppose. But we had 24 guys walk into that house in three and a half days. Big, beautiful house, a small mansion, really, in one of Fort Myers' best neighborhoods. We had collaborated with the Fort Myers Police Department. And among the 24 guys, Marvin Lackham, who came in naked, the famous Michael Willis, who didn't want the cookie, said he was just going to the beach, and countless other characters. Well, you can count them, actually. There were 24 altogether, but they were all 
really interesting, weird, and downright dangerous. Thomas Coffin was no exception. He walks in, and we can see him after his chat, and we're, you know, kind of following his movements uh, based upon his chat and his phone call with the decoy, and we'll get into that in just a moment. From Brooksville, Florida, all the way to our sting house in Fort Myers. He pulls up in a van, and because we have a literally a camera, a remote control camera in a palm tree, like literally hidden in a coconut type thing, we can see him walk up the street. Now, he's got this black cowboy hat on, and he's got a like a red denim shirt with the sleeves cut off. The shirt is open, and he's bare-chested. And he comes walking up the street like he owns the place, walks right in, and he has an initial chat with our on-site decoy who had worked with us in a previous investigation. Very good. 19-year-old woman who looked a lot younger, college student studying dance. And I remember specifically being in this back study porch-type room off of the living room. And the guy would come in the back door because we didn't want any activity in front of the house, try not to disturb the neighborhood. He would walk in typically if it went down as planned and there'd be a discussion. Del Harvey, then of Perverted Justice, would be working with the onsite decoy, coaching her, helping her with her dialogue. And the guy would come in and we would try to have a face-to-face discussion, but I had a lot of steps between where I was with Ron Knight and one of the crews and all the video monitors and the actual bar set up where the confrontation would take place. So it was a good, good 15, 16 steps. So I had to time it just right. So Coffin was walking so quickly up the sidewalk and got into the driveway and circled around to the back entrance of the house. He did this so quickly that it kind of caught me off guard. And I remember having to close the door very quickly, the door between the actual set, if you will, and where Ronnie Knight, my security guy, and I were. And I'm watching, and there's a discussion. It's very quick, and I'll play it for you in a minute. And I had to hustle out there. But before we get into all that, let's take a look at this chat log in which Thomas Coffin leaves no doubt as to what he wants from this 14-year-old girl. It's April 11th, 2006 at just before 9 p.m. And here's Thomas Coffin prowling the chat rooms. Hi, sexy, he says to lame as Laney. Hi, she says. ASL. Buzz, he says in all caps. B-U-Z-Z exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Now, he says this throughout the chat, and I was talking to our sound engineer, Max Marcus here, And I asked him, is there something I'm missing about online nomenclature that this is a a buzzword, if you will? He didn't get it either, but he does say buzz, all caps, all the way through this. And I wondered if it was like, hey, I'm here, or just something that mistakenly popped out. I don't know. But anyway, it's there, and it's weird. And so is Thomas Coffin. He asks her age. She says, why did you message me, then say nothing? That's stupid, she says. I'm Tom, 31, male, Brooksville, Florida. Buzz again. And he jumps right in. You are very hot. Is it okay that I'm 31? Like you have to ask. 
If you're nice, I guess. I'm 14, female, Florida. Cool. Where in Florida? I will tell you if I get to know you better. Okay, so what are you looking for on here? Here it comes. I'm a nice man. Oh, I love your cowboy hat, she says. I want one. He says, I'm looking for a girlfriend. Thank you. He says, thank you about the cowboy hat. Oh, I'm looking for someone to treat me good, says Lena's Laney. Cool, he says. I am treat you good. Huh? What are you looking for in a man, he asks. I don't know. Someone that is nice to me and will buy me stuff, you know. Like what stuff? I don't know, just, you know, someone who's nice. What are you looking for? What are you looking for, she asks. I'm nice, he says. How do I know, though? I have a habit of pampering a girl. I'm assuming he means I have a habit of pampering a girl. Really? Yes. Now, he's ten minutes into the chat, and already here it comes. Are you into sex? I'm just asking. Buzz, again. I'm into young girls. I like them better than the older girls. Buzz. Yeah, I have had sex, she says. Okay. How young have you dated, though? 14, he says. So he's already admitting, literally within 15 minutes of the first conversation, that he's dated another 14-year-old girl, presumably who he's met online. Just like he's meeting Lame as Laney. Cool, she says. Like, you wonder what this guy's thinking. His next question is, what was the biggest dick you have had? I only had one. How big was he? Are you into meeting Buzz again? What's up with that? No. Okay. I don't know, she says. Cool. I didn't have a ruler, she says. Okay, I'm about five inches, he claims. Is that too big for you? That seems really big, R-E-E-L-Y. I ain't. Have you ever had your pussy eaten out? Is your pussy shaved? Just asking. She says, I don't have much hair there. And no, she answers. Cool. No one has ever done that to me. Would you like to try it? Do you have a webcam? So now he's ensuring that if he can't actually meet this girl in person to have sex, that he can at least watch her do things on the webcam. This is something we see a lot with these predators. Their backup plan is to have the girl go on the webcam and convince them to do things they wouldn't normally do. Find somebody vulnerable. Work them over. And in fact, if they can do the grooming on a camera, they believe it just makes it easier for them to set up a physical date to actually sexually assault this girl. No, I don't have a cam. Most of our decoys in those days said they did not. We've changed our procedures substantially since then. If you like, I can try eating your pussy out. What a guy. He says he is a webcam. If you want to, we can meet, we can talk and do anything you want to do. How big are your boobs? This guy's 31 years old. And this is what he's doing at 9.20 at night. She says, I need to get to know you better, though. Okay. We can meet face-to-face and get to know each other. He's pushing for this meeting. There's no webcam, so the only way he's going to get this done is push for a meeting. If what you've heard shocks you so far, join us back in a moment. I love coffee. But what I found recently is that it was interrupting my sleep at night. And that's when I came across a product called Magic Mind. It's an all-natural drink, comes in a shot form. And 
I discovered it a few weeks ago. It's all natural. It has nootropics, which boost blood flow and cognition, adaptogens that help decrease stress, matcha, and other natural ingredients that help boost focus, concentration, and it helps me alleviate fatigue and even some procrastination and brain fog. I've been on it for about two weeks now. I take it once a day. And it has not only lessened my desire to have coffee, it has increased my focus for tasks like this podcast. I really like it. And it tastes good, too. You can take it as a shot. You can sip it like coffee. I still have a cup of coffee in the morning, but I've replaced that third cup with Magic Mind. And it's working for me, and I think it might work for you, especially if you find yourself overwhelmed sometimes midday. It really works for me. So check it out. All you have to do is go to www.magicmind.co slash Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N. Use my code name Hansen, and you'll get a limited 20% off your first order. I really like this stuff, and I'm going to continue using it, and the more I use it, the better it works. So go to www.magicmind.co slash Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N. Use my code name Hansen. I think you should check it out. So what do you want to know, he asks. I don't know. Ask me anything, he says. I don't know, LOL. What do you drive? I drive a van. Cool. My dad has an Escalade, she says. Do you have a girlfriend? No. Will you be my girlfriend, he says. Soon? Maybe. Be right back, Kay. So she leaves. And he's stewing for a few more minutes. But he's not going away. Okay, you back? Okay, love. Now he's using the term love. You know, there's been a lot in the news lately about love bombing and all this online dating and people meeting on different social media platforms, especially because of the pandemic still. And therapists and counselors are talking about love bombing. And that's when a guy or a gal pursues their date in a very extreme way, showers the target with love and wants to control them really early in the relationship. And I don't know if some of it's media hype because Valentine's Day is coming, that's possible, but it does happen, and especially online. And we've seen this for 18 years now during our predator investigations. And that's what these guys do, hoping that they have a vulnerable target, which is what Thomas Coffin thinks he has in 14-year-old Lame as Laney. Then she says, my dad goes out of town next week. Okay. From like early Friday to late Sunday. Okay. Now that happens to be the time we're doing our sting operation. Would you like it if I came over when he left? Maybe. If you stay nice. Okay. I would even stay the night. What a bonus. He's going to stay the night and sexually assault this girl over and over again. And maybe I would ask you if I can make love to you. If I like you that way. Do you like me? He asks. Yeah. Where is your dad now, he wants to know, in his room. So when I come over, can I lick your pussy? Now, <laughs> he's going back and forth between being crass with a 14-year-old girl and the love bombing thing. And again, he asks, how big are your boobs? 32A, cool. Could I stay the night with you if you like? Yeah. Does your dad leave all the time like that? So he's got a whole plan here. 
He's thinking, well, if this guy's going to be out of town, I can do this over and over again. What would you and me do if I was there with you all night, Buzz? And again, this Buzz thing, I don't know what the hell this is. I don't know. Stop buzzing me, she says. So she finally picks up on it. The decoy, posing as the 14-year-old girl, finally picks up on it. It says, stop buzzing me. I don't like it. He says, okay. Can I kiss you? Yeah. Buzz. Is that better? You buzz me again, she says. He sends her a rose or a picture of a rose. So what do you want to talk about, he asks. If you want to talk on the phone. And ultimately, they do get on a phone conversation, and I'm going to play that for you in a minute. I don't know if you've heard that or not, but it's, uh, again, very graphic on his part. And this continues until he says, Hot stuff, you there? I want your pussy. Okay, baby, do you like sucking dick? I have before, she says. Will you do that to me? I could. I will come all over your boobs. I will not come in you at all. Where do you live right now? Brooksville, Florida, he says. I didn't get your pick. I will send it now because dad says I need to go to bed. Now, there's no question, either in the profile or based upon the kind of language that this decoy is using, that she's underage. And he's still working it, though. This goes on for days. I love you, he says. You on yet? Hi, sexy. I can't wait till we meet today. He's teeing it all up. Sweetie, you on yet? I can't wait till we meet, love. Hi, I'm here, she says. So did your dad leave? Yeah. Are you still coming? Give me the address so I can come over. Yes, you coming right now? Okay, I got it. When are you leaving? Can I have the number so if I get lost, he asks? I told you I have a code on my phone. Okay, I'm sorry, but I can't wait to see you. Where in Fort Myers are you? He talks about having been in Fort Myers many times before and being familiar with the area. That was earlier. I will be there. How long? I'm leaving now. Okay, be careful. Love you, he says. I will. Don't get in a wreck, she says. Okay. Love you. See you soon. 30 minutes later, the white van pulls up. And Thomas Coffin is about to meet, not lame as Laney, but me. Now, during that whole conversation, and while he's getting ready to come over and violate a 14-year-old girl, there's a phone call between a perverted justice decoy and Thomas Coffin. And it alternates between being creepily uncomfortable and him probing, grooming, and trying to make sure that he's going to be okay here, that he's going to get what he wants without getting into trouble. Neither of those things are going to happen. It starts with rather mundane chat. What you doing? He says, well, you'll hear this in a second, that he just was going to shut his van door. He keeps it open so it airs out. Hello, is this Tom? Yeah. Hey, it's Lainey. Hey, what you doing? Not much, really. What's up? Uh, besides chatting on the computer, that's about it. Yeah, me too. What you doing? I went out and shut my van door. Oh, okay. I usually keep it open during the day. So constantly in and out of it. Oh. And basic run-of-the-mill stuff. He's a little nervous, it seems. By the way, I love your picture. Thanks. You like mine? Are you there? Huh? Are you there? Yeah. 
Pressure D, like my picture. Oh. I just keep hearing this noise. Like, I don't know, like static or something that's hard to hear. The decoy says that it's hard to hear him, although the recording is pretty clear. He asks, as you heard, do you like my picture? Now, what you need to know about that picture is is that he sent one of him dressed with his cowboy hat and his duds on, and then he sent some others that were nude pictures, full frontal nude pictures. So what else do you want to talk about? Oh, anything, anything you want to? I don't know. You can pick, it's cool. And they can get to know one another, you know. Like talking on, on the phone, at least we can hear each other's voice. Yeah. I kind of like talking online anyway. And then he's going to close the deal. He says he can actually not just visit one day, he can stay the whole long weekend. Does your dad leave all the time like that? Like, like on like weekend trips? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Danielle, you have to let me know. <laughs> I will. But if I do come down, you, you really want me to spend the night with you? And now he's trying to just make sure that if he does make the 30-minute trip from Brooksville to Fort Myers, that she'll come through, that she'll actually perform these sex acts and allow him to sexually assault her. We see this frequently in the Predator investigations. So for seven minutes, this conversation goes on and he's closing the deal. He wants to make sure that he's going to get what he wants. What will we do? I don't know. He said that he would like go down on me or stuff. And I don't know, whatever you want me to do or whatever is cool. So we can like... What have you done? Or whatever. Sweetie, what have you done to a man? I don't know. I might be kind of embarrassed to tell you. Why? I don't know. Do you mind that I'm 31? No, I mean... I'm not like a virgin or whatever. So. I'm an age wise. I don't know. I don't. You're cool, so it doesn't matter to me. Well, most most people will think at it a different way. That's right. Most people would think of it a different way, including the rest of the world, who are not predators, and the Fort Myers police, as well as the judicial system in Florida. And Thomas Coffin's about to find that out. After the conversation, there's some more online chatter. And here comes Thomas Coffin walking into the house. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about BetterHelp a lot on this show and for good reason. This month, we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. I don't have to tell you that for two years now, we've been in the midst of a pandemic, and this has taken its toll on everyone. There's been isolation. It's been difficult to continue our normal relationships. People's job situations have changed. Relationships have changed. We've faced health crises in our own families. Don't wait until it's too late to reach out for help. So if you're feeling down, challenged, there's help. I wouldn't endorse something in which I didn't believe wholeheartedly. 
And I believe BetterHelp can help you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And I understand this. The key is to get the help. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. That's the reality. And you can be matched with a therapist in less than 48 hours. So don't wait. Get the help. Give it a try. And see why more than 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. I believe in it. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And Predators I've Caught listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Hanson. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Hanson. H-A-N-S-E-N. First, there's a little bit of conversation between the on-site decoy and Coffin. You can hear it. He's, he's, he's not nervous so much as he is just being careful as he walks into the house. Hey, come on in! Huh? Come on in, I'm in here. I made you some chocolate chip cookies and they're on the table. I'm just getting changed. I got some chocolate on my shirt. So Coffin comes in carrying a pop can and some other things. He's got condoms in his breast pocket, we'll find out later. And the decoy, the onside decoy says, they have a seat at the bar. And he says, oh, I'm okay standing. And I, and I hear Frag of Perverted Justice say he's looking kind of nervous. So I decide to make that 15, 16 step walk out of the back room into the, the staging area, if you will. And, and he's surprised. I certainly was not what he was expecting. And you can hear that. Hey, how are you? Why don't you have a seat on that uh, stool for me there? What's up? I'm looking for work and stuff. Looking for work and stuff? Yeah. And what kind of work were you looking for here exactly? Uh, I do blacktop ceiling. Blacktop ceiling? Yeah. Looking for work and stuff. Well, we know what kind of work he was looking for. And it wasn't the blacktop ceiling type of work that he was talking about. He had said earlier online to the girl, the decoy, that he was a handyman. So it sounded like he was just getting by doing whatever he could do, and that included some blacktop sealing. But it was his case that was about to get sealed in a matter of minutes. Now, do you want to start the story again? What do you mean? Tell the truth. That was a lie. Sorry about that. Why did you lie, Thomas? I don't know. I just don't like being in, being in, in trouble, you know. I talk to a lot of people, and I, I meet a lot of people. He gives it up right away that he's lying and says he doesn't like being in trouble. He talks to a lot of people. Now, remember, in the chat, he's already admitted to the decoy that he's dated another 14-year-old girl. So here we go with the questioning. The reason you sent this picture to someone who identified themselves as a 14-year-old girl? I had those in my... Well, when I sent a picture... Right. It's... That's appropriate? No. To send to a 14-year-old girl. I am into young girls. I like them better than older girls. Younger, you know, like 19, 20. That's what I meant by that. So now he's saying that what he meant by younger girls is 19 or 20. You can hear him right there. I continue to press him on this. Are you into sex? What was the biggest blank you have had? She says she's only had one. You talk about the size of your penis. 
Well, I'll, I'll be honest. I admit whatever thing I did say on there. I, it, I'm, I'm a person. I don't like being in getting in any any trouble because. Well, how could you expect not to get into trouble by setting up a date? After a sexually charged conversation with a girl who said she was 14, how could you expect not she to get in trouble? She PM PM me a couple times. I can, I can show you and stuff. Who approached whom first? I clicked on the name and all. I, I say hi and right. So you started the conversation. Yeah. At this point, he takes off his cowboy hat as if to show some sort of respect or seriousness to the line of questioning. He initially says that the girl contacted him first, but when I dig into that a little deeper he he backs off admits that he clicked on her first i wish i'd ask him about this buzz thing but i don't think i did you know that's the interesting thing about these podcasts is that we get to immerse ourselves in the material and and really dig a little bit deeper i'll try and find out what the buzz thing was about but back to thomas coffin can you take a nude picture of yourself i just talk and you know not the not to make anything bad, you know, I just, I just, I talk to a lot, a lot of people and stuff, and, and I got a cousin that usually goes on the computer and types up stuff underneath my name, too. Well, you're not trying to tell me that you didn't have this no, conversation. I, I typed this. You typed this. There was no intentions of me doing that. Somebody else was using my computer. That didn't go very far or work very well for him in this case. Did you bring condoms today? He says he always carries condoms. He pulls them right out of his shirt pocket and puts them on the table. I asked the handyman why he had the condoms so handy. I always have them. You always carry them right here in your yeah. breast pocket. But for easy access? No. No, when they're in my wallet, they, you end up sitting on them. They end up making a crease inside your wallet and stuff. You wouldn't want that? No. Then he reveals something that shocks everybody in the room. He admits to me that he's got three children of his own, including a 14-year-old daughter, the same age as the girl he thought he was going to sexually assault in this home in Fort Myers. Listen. Uh, I got children from my previous marriage. I got three. You have three children. Yeah. And how old are they? 14, 13, and five. I got one boy. 14, 13, and five. And the 14-year-old is a girl. Would you be comfortable no, if your 14-year-old daughter was home alone and a, a man in his 30s came over to meet her no, after this kind of a conversation? No, I so if it's not okay for your 14-year-old daughter, why is it okay for you to do this with a 14-year-old girl? I might have said what I said there, but there was no intentions of it. Wait, 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 wait. I might have said what I said, but there's no intentions of it? We've gone through the transcripts here, Thomas. So what are those kids he loves so much gonna think about all this? Well, that brings up the other issue that we always deal with of collateral damage. When these guys go into the situation trying to meet a child, they don't ever think they're gonna get caught. Or maybe if they do, their urge, their drive for whatever reason overrides the fear of getting caught, the fear of this being a police sting or a to catch a predator or Hanson versus predator or the new investigations. It just amazes me that the drive can be so strong, but yet here it is in Thomas Coffin. He swears on his children's lives. That doesn't make sense. I'm being straight up with you. You know, I swear on my own kids' life that I'm being straight up with you. Your own kids' life? Yeah, I love my kids. 
dearly. I don't get to see him, but I love him dearly. So I asked Thomas if he's got anything else he'd like people to know, and he doesn't have much to say about that. He leaves, and the Fort Myers police take him down. Now, the Fort Myers police were set up in a guest house on the same property. It was an ideal setup, really, for what we were doing. And they were physically aggressive with their arrests. And I asked the chief at the time about that later, and he told me that, you know, they had to be because Florida had a pretty lenient law about carrying concealed weapons, and they didn't want to take any chances. Fine, I buy into that. And uh, they arrested him. They took him down. Get on the ground! Get on the ground! And he did look like a kind of a rough-and-tumble fellow, I gotta say. But this was a point in the investigation of Fort Myers that guys were showing up so quickly that the police department didn't have a chance to get them out of there, the previous guy out of there, before the next guy showed up. So, sure enough, as they're taking Thomas Coffin away in handcuffs, you see in the shot our friend Michael Willits, who is wearing the yellow tank top t-shirt, and he had just been confronted by me and handcuffed, and he was going to be taken away as well. I don't think that they said anything to each other, but it was just interesting that two high-profile predators were passing in the afternoon sun of Fort Myers. Fort Myers was also interesting. I don't know if you guys know this, but I had just finished a vacation at the time with my family. We had been in, in Sanibel Island, which is a spot I used to take the kids when they were younger. And it was so weird to come off this relaxing vacation, be on the beach and eating seafood at Grandma Dot's, to <laughs> diving feet first into this very intense predator investigation with 25 guys showing up all in three days or so, three and a half days. It was quite an experience, as they all are. And it brings me to where Thomas Coffin is now. Thomas is one of those guys who initially fought the charges. He pleaded guilty and was sentenced to 29 months and three days in prison. He then went on probation and had to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life. He did get dusted up a few times after that. In more recent years, he was arrested for marijuana possession, receiving stolen goods. He had some driving infractions, driving with a suspended license, no seatbelt, things like that. And it looks like he went back to jail for a short period of time because of parole violation. There's some question as to whether or not he moved to Pennsylvania, but the records we have still put him in Brooksville, Florida. I reached out to Thomas Coffin, as I do with each of the predators I've caught when they're featured here on the podcast and have not heard back, but I will give him an opportunity to be on this show and explain himself and tell me and all of you what has happened in his life since he was one of the predators I've caught. As you know, we like to hear from you on this podcast, and I encourage all of you to send your questions in to chris at predatorpodcast.com. This week's question is from Jonathan, who lives in Florida, ironically not too far from where one of the predators I've caught lived for a time. 
Hi, Chris. My name is Jonathan. I am chiming in out of Crestview, Florida. And fun fact for those who don't know, that's actually the town just west of where Todd Spikes lives. He traveled over to Flackler Beach for that predator investigation and just south of the town that he was a police officer in Florida. Anyway, huge fan of your stuff. That is a complete understatement. But I actually had two questions for you. How has the dissolution of perverted justice and tetrad core changed the way that you do your investigations? And how, how has it changed the investigation overall, having that before you confronted the predators? And secondly, whenever Have a Seat with Chris Hansen comes back with catching more predators, we see a style more like to catch a predator, how it was where the decoy would confront them and then you would confront them, do your interview with them, and then later they would be arrested. Just curious, I'm a huge fan of the style of the old shows, so I would love for a comeback of that to happen. Anyway, keep up the good work. I really appreciate everything you've done, keeping everybody safe and our community safe as well. So stay safe, stay healthy. I appreciate you. Jonathan, that's an excellent question and one I've been weighing recently as we conduct the new predator investigations. You're right, Perverted Justice, PJ, is no longer an organization. Everybody has moved on. Tetra Core, which had some former Perverted Justice volunteers as part of its group. We collaborated with them in the Fairfield, Connecticut investigation, and, and they did a great job, but they've sort of moved on and, and gone their separate directions as well. What we did in a couple of the Predator investigations that we've had on the YouTube channel, have a seat with Chris Hansen, more of a hybrid as we sort of figured out how to work with law enforcement without this perverted justice interface or tetracore interface. And in the beginning, we had to gain some sort of trust, at least in the cases with the Genesee County Sheriff's Department. So the guy would come in, I would know a little bit about the chat, and he would be secured by deputies, and, and I would then do the interview, which was very interesting in those cases. And, you know, we had a Michigan State Corrections officer, a prison guard who surfaced, and some other interesting characters. And and as we moved on, and, and the way we're doing it right now as we shoot the new investigations, is that we typically use the decoys associated with law enforcement. But we fashioned a way to have the predator walk into the house and have me confront him first to do that compelling interview, armed with details of his background, armed with some of the chats that have taken place. If something goes awry and it looks like there's a potentially dangerous situation, the crew and I will get out of the way and let law enforcement do what law enforcement needs to do. Generally, though, this new template for collaborating with law enforcement using its decoys but still being able to do what I do in terms of the questioning of the predator is working out pretty well, and I think you'll like it. But it's a real issue because people do want to see me confront the predator the way we've always done it. When we started, as you probably know, we didn't have law enforcement involved for the first two investigations, so it was all us. It was perverted justice, me, and my crew, and Ronnie Knight, who provided security and kept it all together. 
And it became clear after the first two investigations that we needed to work with law enforcement. It was socially irresponsible to not do it. And it was, from a television production standpoint, unfulfilling for viewers to see these guys just walk away. And that's what happens in so many cases with some of these vigilante groups online. You know, some have put together some very strong cases. Some cases have been prosecuted, but more and more, and I speak to conferences and I'm close with law enforcement across the country, more and more law enforcement is not going to pick up these vigilante cases. They're hard to prosecute. They're fraught with troubles. They may be well-intentioned, but there are many, many issues with these guys getting away. And I'll get blowback from this from some of the people who do these investigations online and put them on their YouTube channel without law enforcement involvement, but it can cause problems. And it also, according to many people in law enforcement I know, creates issues because these guys think that they can get away with it, the predators, because they've beaten these cases so many times in the past when it's been a vigilante online. So I've been asked to collaborate with some of these people. And I again, I know they're well-intentioned, but it's just not the way I'm ever going to do it. I'm going to do it with law enforcement as a collaboration because that's the only way we can assure that these guys will face justice. But from a television standpoint, from a viewer demand standpoint, yes, Jonathan, people want me to ask the questions. And that is exactly what we're doing and what I will do in the new series. So thank you very much. You guys know that you can always reach me here at chris at predatorpodcast.com. Don't forget to review the podcast. If you like it, give it a five star and subscribe. I'll be watching and listening. <laughs>